You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Yeah. No COVID. Let's let's start over because oh. <laughs> uh, no. apparently I updated some drivers and we lost all of the audio for the first no. part of it. But uh, I assume you guys can hear us now. Welcome. I can redo it. I, I know my lines. So, uh, yes, we have sound for both of us. Okay, so hello, everybody. Uh, welcome welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan, uh, our, our special post-COVID show. And by post-COVID, I mean post-Gen Con. But uh, you were just talking about, Mr. Lucian, um, that you're, you didn't get sick. And not. I also didn't get sick. Yes. Uh, I had COVID uh, about a month ago. And so the idea was is that I probably... Um, I, I hope that I still had some uh, antibodies left in my system that were helping me out. Uh, but I did see a lot of people taking COVID tests afterward, which is smart. And then um, definitely a lot of a lot of people were catching it. Uh, and I I did see Amy Vorpal and she caught it. And I did walk past B. Dave Walters and he caught it. But Uh-oh, the circle vector. of people that I mostly hung out with, um, the of the of those that have taken tests, everybody's negative. So I got, I guess I was pretty lucky, you know. So yeah. What about Ted? He'd be the one I would think. I don't think he's done a I haven't test, but I haven't. Well, if he's done a test, he hasn't let me know about it. But yeah. Yeah, um, I don't think his videos. He didn't look sick in any of his videos either. So. so yeah, I made it through somehow. Like I am COVID free, free free. Like never had it free. Oh, there you go. Thing. Yeah. So it's crazy. I thought for sure, even that, because um, I left midday, that mid part. Yeah. And I thought, man, if I go back in and there's more people, and I was, I was already thinking because my wife was gonna be mad that I was going to a convention. Uh huh. I was gonna come back and she's gonna get sick and she's just gonna rub it in on me. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to get her sick. I don't feel sick. I don't, you know, I feel pretty good. Yeah. I did all the shopping and stuff, and I thought maybe I won't press my chances. And I came home. So, and I think, and I'm not an expert because you, other people will, maybe in chat will know this. I think I'm past where we would have thought I would have had symptoms. So either I'm a, completely asymptomatic and don't know it, possible, or I just didn't catch it. So I think. I'm yeah, gonna, you can, I mean, you could take a test, but I, I think, uh, yeah, you would, I mean, you would have some symptoms, symptoms nothing. hopefully, especially for somebody yeah. who's never had it before. But that's what I would have thought. So yeah. I think we're good. So I'm happy. I'm back. I'm loaded down with new games. I'm excited for all the RPGs I saw. Mm-hmm. It was insane seeing all of the people hanging out. Um, we got to hang out a ton. Um, it was crazy cool. Yeah. Like, it, you know, just <clears throat> what, a, what a couple of days of craziness. Yeah, we walked the floor <laughs> a lot, which was fun. And uh, we ran into somebody at the Monty Cook booth who... Uh, mm-hmm. listens to the podcast and, and stuff and hangs out in our Discord. Jeff, right? I Jeff. think it was Jeff, yeah. Um, and he's like, I'm a total lurker. But uh, <laughs> he's like, so you probably won't recognize my like screen name or something. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. cool. But like, uh, yeah, we were. that was fun. I forgot to give him merch, though, so I felt really bad. Um, that's right. <laughs> yep. And then, um, but yeah, we just like super walked the floor and then we played that game of mazes, which was really fun. We did play mazes. Yep. Uh, and... Yeah, I don't know. It was it was just it was a speedy speedy Gen Con. Lots of stuff happening. Um, I was very yeah. thankful for uh, our hotel being so close that I I took frequent naps around three o'clock when I ran out of steam, and then I could like get back up for dinner and go do more stuff afterwards. So yeah, it was pretty cool. I did like having that access, and it it allowed me to really power house that um, the main event area because. Yeah. You could get breaks, and I think had we been out like we'd been before, kind of once you drive away, you're done. You're just thinking, well, that's how I always do whatever we're gonna do next week. You know, we're done. So, but this felt like you could still go do stuff, and you could still go back over and and get see things. And I walked it all in twenty six thousand steps a day. Yeah, like it was just insane how much I went through that. And I was, we did some speed runs, and then I did like really intricate slow. Like when you were off doing, I think you were off maybe playing DCC or. Um, or you were at the movie thing, the movie screen. Yeah, like, I, went to I was going screen. like booth, the booth, the booth slowly, like just looking at everything. It was like <clears throat> that's awesome. So many good things, so much good stuff. So it was fun. I'm I'm glad I went. 
I'm excited that we it worked and I'm ready to go again. I'm glad that most people followed the rules as far as I could see. It looked like a lot of people wearing masks. Um, a lot of people, you know, had their bands on so they at least, you know, showed their cards and, and things were pretty good. Um, restaurant situation still crazy around there. I didn't, I yeah. found that to be a, a worse experience than normal. Yeah. But after post COVID, but I think it's because they don't have a lot of people anymore. I saw a lot of places shut down in that downtown area that yeah. just weren't there. There were, well, before. and if you think about it, like we didn't have a Gen Con in 2020 and we didn't have yeah. a thing in 20. And I think a lot of these businesses make their money from Gen Con. And okay. so I was wondering, but yeah, one of the restaurants we like was closed down and that was kind of sad. And then yeah, sandwich uh, place was great. we went to, well, we went to a couple other places and the air conditioning was broken. So they weren't allowing people to be at the bar necessarily mm -hmm. because it was just like a hundred degrees in there. And I was like, Oh, yeah. Um, this is a live show, Moa Beach. <laughs> uh, live. And, and then we went, to, but that PF Chang's was really good. That was really tasty. I, I'm going to remember that place. Cause that's where I'm going to go back to as my, all right, everything else has sucked. I'm going here. So I know I can get something good. <laughs> yeah. So drunken Yoda, I did see a lot of people on Twitter talking about like no masks. Like not a lot of people were wearing masks, but everyone oh, in that. the convention center that I did, that I ran around with was very good about their mask. And I, not yeah. a lot of like under the chin or on the chin, like below the nose, like people were pretty, pretty mm -hmm. solid about it. I have pictures. Like, but I, have I w like the minute you left the convention center and the rules didn't apply, like 90% of people took off their masks. And, Me too. And that's and the problem yeah. with like, you go to a restaurant, but yeah. we, you have to eat at a restaurant. Like we're not from there. And so it was kind of, I don't know. It was, it was a tricky situation. Uh, I think it was handled the best it could, but, could um, be, yeah. It was also one of those like I don't know if we should be doing this, and but then I'm a patron. I'm I'm a patron who went to Gen Con, so I encouraged it. So <laughs> I don't know, but I think we're all we all want to get back to normal life, and it's that like hope of well, yeah. let's just try. So, but we'll see. And and I think if you don't want the risk, you don't go at that point. So either we wait a year before you go if it's a if you feel strongly about it, and that's great if you do. But if you don't and you're willing to go with the other people that are willing to take that risk, then we're going to be a bunch of people that said the risk is enough for us that we're OK with it and we're all going to go. So I didn't feel too much guilt there. I didn't want to get my wife sick because I, I, I knew I was going to feel really bad if I came home and she got sick. Yeah. So I was like we were trying to figure out quarantine and getting tests before I got home. And I was like all this stuff. But I was like, I don't have any symptoms. And she slept um, in our guest room for two nights just in case. Mm -hmm. But I never developed any symptoms. So. No, that's smart. You know, we were mindful. We did what we could, but I think in the end, I, I think I will, because uh, I, I was planning on kind of going to PAX West as well. PAX. Um, but I, I think I'm not going to do that because this was just a lot to take in, and it was yeah. like I might just do the one convention and then, <laughs> and we'll we'll kind of call that's it. A good but start. Like, a lot of people were <laughs> like, "Oh, you got to go to PAX Unplugged and things like that." I was like, "Well, it's a lot of people." It was kind of crazy. Maybe I'll take a break, but we'll see. Wait, does does Idaho have a big one? Do they have something? Oh, well, they there? do not have. I mean, they have little conventions, but they don't have big little conventions. Little ones. I was saying because if there's a big enough one, I could come there, and that way you wouldn't have to travel very. Oh far. yeah, there's no. <laughs> Probably the biggest convention. What's the biggest one you guys got? Yeah. Oh it, well, no. There's a there's a there's a Gem State Comic Convention, but it's not very big. Um, but there is. Like, I feel like everybody goes to Portland to go to Rose City Comic Con, or they go to mm -hmm. Seattle to go to Emerald City Comic Con or PAX, um, or you go to Salt Lake because there's that. And those are all within, you know, like Driving eight hours-ish. So Yeah. All right. I'm going to make one of those so you don't have to travel across yeah. the country for us to hook up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Drunken Yod, actually, you make a good point. So there was an article where Gen Con's considering changing locations. Did you read about that? I, but I, I don't think that's newish, but I do it think it's been uh, in the works. I, yeah. I found out at Gen Con that in 2019, they signed a five-year contract with Indianapolis, but on the condition that Indianapolis would make or would build more hotels closer to the convention center. Uh. And with the pandemic, I don't know the legality of, of what actually happened with that, but... Uh, that plus a lot of these abortion laws that are kind of coming into effect. Gen Con was like, we are going to leave or they, there's a possibility that they might. 
And then in my mind, I'm just like, oh my gosh, if you came to anywhere that wasn't like a two plane hop to get to, I would be so happy. Like, like yeah. Texas or uh, Austin, Boston or yes. Portland or all these places where, yeah, it would just be uh, mini- uh, the, tr- the Twin Cities, you know, like a lot of those yeah. things. Any main good. hub. Yeah, yeah, any main hub would be good. Lots so, of ho- you need lots of hotels, and I don't I don't know if there I don't know the situation of of I don't know what place would be better other than I just am greedy and want something at a closer location. I think that would be fun, but yeah. Uh, but we got a lot to talk about. Um, oh wow! The yeah. first thing, so many things is like we uh, heard stuff while we were there. Yeah, um, Wizards of the Coast it has an announcement. It was just kind of a vague announcement. They have some hosts. All I know is Ginny D is one of the hosts. Yeah, um, they start dropping like Twitter messages yeah. all of a sudden. And that is uh, this upcoming Thursday, eight eighteen, uh, and it's a combined Magic the Gathering. It's a it's a Wizards whatever. So they're going to announce a bunch of stuff. Uh, but the fact that Ray Winnegar was tweeting about it means that there's going to be something specific to D&D. And I think he said it's like, this is something we've been working on for a long time, so we're finally excited to tell you about it. And it was like, oh, okay. Uh, there also, this morning I saw, was a new Amazon book on, uh, or a new Wizards of the Coast book on Amazon Canada. But it is just a placeholder placeholder book with a release date of December 6th. And I think that will mm. be Dragonlance. Because they uh, teased that, that Dragonlance sense. was coming at the end of the year. Yeah, we knew that was... Okay, so that yeah, book that specifically, sense. I think, is this. What they're and teasing, I, I have no idea. So Yeah, and I wouldn't count the Dragonlance or any announcement that we've had before as what is about to come. I feel like this is going to be new stuff mm-hmm. um, than what has already been teased, the way Ray Winnegar was was speaking in his Twitter. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, we can speculate all day, but uh, I wonder if this, like, part of me, my first thought, and I'll just say this was, uh, the playtest material for the next edition. They're going to start, like, hey, we're going to have, because it is two years out between 2024, which is the 50th anniversary, and so it would make sense to start releasing little bits of playtest material. Uh, which could be a big thing. So, yeah. I don't know. I like the idea of being in on this upcoming playtest because I did not do the D&D Next. I did not do anything for 4th edition. Um, I certainly was barely into this into the game. Not barely. I was playing in 3.5, but I wasn't following the industry. Yeah. Right? I was just a player. I wasn't part of any, you know, oh, I'm trying to figure out what the company's going to do next and that kind of thing. Um so now I'm more interested to see like the next one, the next iteration yeah. of it is going to be cool and being part of, you know, a, a testing phase or a, a beta phase or a, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, it looks, oh, this is, uh, it's going to be one of those things where I think like we're hyping it up so much and it's going to be like, we have uh, new Drist costumes and you're like, you're going to be I like, well, not. okay, but like what, you know, I wonder, mm-hmm. or like, they're going to be like, we have boo hamster plushies. Like it'll it'll be. I feel like it's gonna be something dumb like that. Like I'm really excited for it, and then it's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be a letdown. Oh no! It'll it probably is a Magic the Gathering um, crossover again. I would imagine maybe another Magic the Gathering so. setting, which yeah. is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people are thinking that it is going to be uh, the the dates for the Dragonland stuff, which I believe is gonna be December sixth, um, and then I don't know, like. Probably just Magic the Gathering D&D crossovers. I know they want to do... I mean, the D&D movie's coming out, so that could be a big thing, too. Like, maybe an adventure based on the movie. Or now that the Comic-Con out. kind of announced the yeah. trailer and stuff, yeah. maybe they have more that they can start yeah. promoting of it. Maybe. I could see that. And I think they will touch on the things that are still there. So, yeah, I think we will get some news about some of the things they've already announced. I just, I so far am expecting, I could be let down, mm. that there's going to be a bigger announcement of something that we haven't heard yet that could be pretty exciting. I mean, it could be another video game. We knew they have a lot of studios at the moment. They're oh, working they do with have the some video yeah, games. it could be a video game. A lot of people are talking about Baldur's Gate getting I, there. I know they want Magic the Gathering Arena to go to PlayStation, Xbox, and possibly Switch. Yeah. So uh, I don't know how I don't know anything about that if they've been working on that. But boy, if you could get if you could get uh, Magic, Magic the Gathering, Gathering on Arena Switch. on Switch, oh my god! Like 
<laughs> that, that would be very addicting. So, um, so we'll we'll obviously talk about that uh, yeah. next week when it's you know available. So our next show on the twentieth, I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about. Yeah, the eighteenth is Thursday. Yep. Did they say what time of day? Is it in the afternoon again, or is it? I, don't, I forgot. I, don't I know so. it was there, but I forgot. I just see August eighteenth, but. But I also can't read or write. Let's be honest. Depending um, on what's going on and what time, maybe I could do a nine a.m. reaction. Pacific. Oh, well, okay, so that's noon for me. It's going to be on everything. It's going to be on Twitch slash Magic, Twitch slash D and D, Twitch slash D and D Beyond. It's going to be on YouTube slash Magic the Gathering. Um, and yeah, it looks like okay. Jimmy D. And then I know. Jimmy Wong is a big Magic the Gathering guy, and I don't know who Sydney Goodman is, but those are the three people doing it. And it looks like they're showing off... Well, this is a Magic the Gathering tweet, so they're showing off all the um, Magic the Gathering roadmap, the release schedule, up to 2023. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that. Moving on. Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. Spelljammers out in the wild. Uh, there think. are a bunch of review copies that are floating around. I saw the table of contents, but uh, that's about it. I didn't watch uh, Mr. Fry's Fry Minis. I didn't watch his flip through. Um, I don't. I think Ted did a big long flip through, but those are uh, less enjoyable for me to watch because it's usually if you're not watching it live and asking him questions, it's kind of like just watching him yeah. read a book and it's not, not yeah. my kind of content. I love Ted. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. And but... I want to enjoy the book myself <laughs> yeah. first. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, I think all the things that we thought were going to be in there is in there for the most part. I'm mm -hmm. just kind of curious about the ship fighting mechanics. Yep. Um, because I saw all those WizKids minis, the ship minis at Gen Con, and I, mm -hmm. I talked to the guy, and I'm like, I want these. You, you, we need, I need to get back on that list where you send me things. And he's like, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, because You need they, to get on uh, their Pathfinder and Starland. I, Starfinder list too because WizKids is doing stuff yeah. for all of well, them. Yeah, well, they're just making minis. I just, I just want yeah. minis. But specifically, I really want those ship minis. I don't know why. I just really think they're cool. Um, and... The they had the playmat of the wild space, which was really cool mm -hmm. over there. They had mm -hmm. uh, the the wand of Orcus at Gen Con and a new Demulich statue, which has got like the gemmed eyes and stuff. It was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of those uh, kind of like the hand of Vecna and stuff. I was like, man, I really want that, but it's such a. Uh, at least I can say that the other stuff I can use potentially in a game that literally is just like hang on your shelf. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if I necessarily want like a giant beholder head like on my wall or something, but maybe I want one hanging uh, behind me, maybe, maybe. Like um, it's a but, disco ball. <laughs> yes, but Spelljammer comes out on Tuesday the sixteenth, I believe. So next week. So yeah, I checked my store yesterday. Didn't have anything. I I thought I'd saw some people posting pictures that their stores had something on the shelf already individual yeah. books but i just didn't understand that because i hadn't seen any news where we could buy the books individually i thought it was all just box set stuff so i don't know maybe i don't know what they were seeing or what they were showing they showed pictures i know it was real they was like here i'm holding it yeah i was like man how'd you get your hands on that and they had them behind glass cases at gen con i saw a couple booths that already had really? their copies oh wow yeah they had them sitting behind the glass case in their in their area and I thought, oh, okay, so they probably got them early. And then all of a sudden, everybody was getting home from Gen Con and they had them, or just before they left for Gen Con, that type of thing. You know, Jenny had her books, you know. And then there was, like, tons of people I'd never even seen on YouTube. were like, hey, I got my books from I'm like, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> what? I've never even seen your channel anywhere. What? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and I, I don't know who how you get on that list. I, I've talked about it before. It's so... It's all about who you but, know, I guess. Uh, it's it really is, based, I guess. So. It's not based on size, for sure. Because no. I saw some guys with some super small channels. Just no, like, it's it's like, oh, you're, you're a friend or you who you know or something what? like that. I'm not really sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. The Venture Mask, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm excited for Spelljammer. I think it'll be really cool. And uh, although yeah. I'm going to get the book, I'm kind of busy on next week. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to get the physical book on Tuesday. But I'll definitely read it on D&D &D Beyond. Um, and then probably drive down to my store and grab it at some point. Uh, we we occasionally 
read Dragon Plus magazine. Um, uh, yeah, I'd, yeah in the I think you ran a fun uh, Lathander adventure or something out of it. Yeah. So, uh, it and arguably Dragon Plus Magazine, the entire thing was a giant advertisement. Like, the articles sure. were an article about something that you should buy, intermixed yeah. with actual advertisements. Uh, I get it. But there was a couple of, of interesting articles and stuff. And I know, like, Sly mm -hmm. Flourish wrote for Dragon Plus Magazine. Mm -hmm. Well, Wizards just shut it down. Like, the, and I, I, I don't, I think this is... I think I don't think this is because like viewership was down. Um, I think part of this is uh, they acquired D and D Beyond, and now yeah. if you notice, a lot of the digital things that they were doing with Dragon Plus Magazine, I think they're now going to just do with D and D Beyond that already mm -hmm. has a built-in um, user base, so they can send emails and say, "Hey, here's this," and so there's really no reason to kind of have this anymore. Uh, but it was just like a, a nice little, not nice, but it was very quiet. It was just like, and goodbye. And like yeah. a little blip <laughs> on the very last uh, mm -hmm. one, which was the final issue was Dragon Plus 41. And they're just like, and we're done. And it was like, yeah, okay. Thank you. So I don't know. Uh, thoughts about that, sir? Like, Yeah, I think I, I'm sure they believe they're beyond the size of needing a magazine to help generate the advertisement like they were in the 80s and 90s magazines were kind of the internet in some ways everybody would go buy magazines to see the newest stuff coming out or even because you did want to look at some of the ads because it had the new stuff that was kind of new miniature lines, yeah yeah new, the, so you were interested the in the jc penny catalog delivered yeah, right were, to your house so you could look at things to buy yeah. yeah yeah and then the internet slowly has you know killed magazines for the most part even though there are still those out there um, and I just think that they're they're kind of like, well, we already advertise. We've got movies out. We've got video games. Out. I mean, yeah. they've got, they don't really need a small magazine set to do it. Although I think it'd have been cool if they'd have kept it just as a, we support zines. We we support zines, this yeah. medium still existing because it was a, a thing that helped this genre in the in the past stay alive during all that time it helped role-playing games be relevant um but i understand if somebody's just you know checking boxes off a column and saying this costs this much or this we could save this much money and we could spend it over here and something else then well and this was all digital too and so how yeah. how many people were maybe they had traffic numbers that weren't like i bet yeah. the traffic numbers were not that good so uh yeah. i don't know we'll see like i i know they're their app was atrocious. Like it was really, really bad. And I always ended up reading it in a browser because it just, yeah. they just didn't have the people there. Yeah, and they were doing the swipe thing yeah. that was just like trying to make it sort of like it would be a tablet thing mm -hmm. or a phone thing versus it would be, but it never really dove into that. So yeah, I think, but, I think it was D and D beyond in all honesty. Like yeah, that, that was, that. if it was, if there was any like, like back and forth, I think the nail in the mm -hmm. coffin was we have a better platform to send out the exact same stuff. And so they can still mm -hmm. hire those people to write articles, but now they're fun blog posts or emails and they'll reach a lot more people. And so, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it was the written article version, which they have a webpage that does written article versions. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't about videos and it wasn't about YouTube and Twitch streams and that kind of stuff. It was truly author-based stuff and art, author-based yeah, yeah. art. And then they have all kinds of places for that. So Yeah. For sure. Yep. Uh, I hear you enjoy Matt Colville's stuff and he I came out it. with a, a monster packet for Flea Mortals. Yeah. So uh, those of us that have that. backed it, because you've backed it, so I I'm did. sure you did see this. He put out a really good video about here's the first kind of testing packet that people can take a look at. Mortals 1 has, uh, they started out with some orcs, eight different types of things in there that make them interesting and different to play. Um, I think he does a good job about saying, hey, these all sound really cool, but you would make a huge mistake if you tried to just put all eight in your game immediately. He says like, the mechanics are different. You don't want to be fumbling around in your game. Add one or two, but use normal stuff that won't slow your game down at first until you get used to them before just dumping all these new rules and these new things that are happening. Yeah. So you overwhelm yourself in a... Because you'd even made that, that kind of 
comment last time we were talking about backing it. You were like, well, if they're complicated and there's a lot of stuff they have to do, that's just harder for me to remember all that stuff and run Yeah, and, and, and in the end of the day, like, do I want to make yeah. my DM life harder? And Hard, I don't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I really don't. Um, and I, I am someone who has actively played 4th edition. Mm -hmm. And the higher level we got, the more like confusing it was and things like that yeah and mm -hmm. you had like okay i've got a i've got an orc band and it was like well i've got my orc like my 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 orc witch and my orc shaman and my orc spell stingers and my orc warriors yeah. and then you had to remember which one was which and it was just yeah and this feels uh very much like that design but i haven't played it um yeah. but i do like the fact that and something I liked about 4th edition is I could say, here's a whole bunch of orcs, and then they all start attacking, and then your party is just like, wait a minute, what's what's that guy in the background? Does he look different? And you're like, he does. He's got, like, <laughs> I don't know, like a shaved yeah. head or something. And they're like, oh, I bet he's a spellcaster. And so not all orcs are just orcs mathematically, and, yeah. and it could be kind of interesting. So yeah. I don't know. But I feel and like I does... could also do that on the fly. Like, I could just have yeah. an orc warrior, and then I'll give him the sleep spell. And I don't know. But yeah. uh, but sometimes you need to be told that those rules are available. And so mm -hmm. this could be a really good book. Yeah. And, they, and it's not just that is in there. They also put in things like for the orcs, there's a pet that you can have. There's stuff if mm. you're an orc player. There's an orc companion that they added in that's somebody that could, you know, group up with the party and fight along or be an NPC. Well, so and that adding, goes back to like, the, a lot of stuff. Yeah, around. that goes back to the Beast Heart, which I thought was really cool, yeah. which is a class I really liked. And they're really mm. bundling it with this book. Like, not only are a lot of yeah. these monsters uh, just, you know, fun monsters to have, but it correlates. Mm -hmm. If you're going to use that class or if you want to use those NPC mechanics with monsters, it can really benefit you yeah. so that's cool yeah and so I, I like the idea that it's an example of they are giving us more monster blocks and more you know different ways to use maybe creatures that we're already familiar with mm -hmm. but they're giving us stuff that's new too and they're giving us stuff that isn't just a monster block they're giving us you know pets uh ways to play these races mm -hmm. ways to have ways to find those powers and use them as your orc power you know those kinds of things they're explaining the ways they can do those things so they're adding a lot of stuff that even a player might pick this book up and go through it and say oh there's some really cool stuff in here that i want and so i think what they've done is coville's captured what we've always talked about i think and i, I knew he knew it before this even before we did but the idea that a book has to be good that everybody wants to buy it. It can't just be a Dungeon Master book. It can't just be a player book. It's got to be that yeah. type of book that has everything for everybody. It's got adventure stuff. It's got dungeon stuff. It's got new rules stuff. But it's got player option stuff. It's got all this stuff. And if you do that, then the book is usually really, really popular. And I think that's where they're going. They also put in there the voiceless talkers, which are kind of like a... Uh, they look like dudes with big octopuses as heads and i when i heard him say it i thought oh they're just doing a mind flare but they did a really good job in the artwork that when you look at them they do seem different mm. they don't seem they are similar in some ways but it's not just a mind flare it is definitely a different thing they're called the voiceless talkers and this adds in their psionics and their versions of yeah. because he said that's coming out for a class for them is the talent which is going to be a psionic class that they're going to put out um and so that's going to also add into that they put out some environments you can use they put out some maps they had somebody build music so you can have background music for some of these things too so there's somebody producing so there's like a little bit of everything in this release which just goes to show that there's possibly going to be a little bit of everything with the book and all the stuff they released and he even said in he says we're doing all this stuff maybe it's too much maybe people won't like all these different things and they want us to concentrate just in a certain area but we're going to try it we're going to take the feedback yeah. and if it's working we're going to keep going if it's not then we'll cut something out and we'll we'll not do it you know well like, so and the I'm other like, thing like I, I want to emphasize that they had the the mp3s and stuff mm -hmm. um they made some music that you could listen to to kind of set the mood and i thought that was kind of cool but he was like that's not like that was we had extra money or something to go hire someone to do that but it never takes away from the core team finishing the book on yeah. time kind of a thing and then they're like this is a way for them to like try different things and if you like it then it's like oh well we'll 
utilize that as a selling point next time. If you don't mm -hmm. like it, then we tried something and you didn't like it. And it was like, okay. Yeah. Uh, he's it's big just a fun, a fun way to try things and a good way to have resources to do that, you know? And when you have like Patreon and things like that, you're not trying to get a bunch of uh, investors to get behind you so that you can have enough money to hire someone to make MP3s mm -hmm. that bomb. Like, it's like, well, yeah. we tried it, you know, we're okay. So, yeah. And they partnered with 2C Gaming in this and created basically a way to do an endless horde mode of orcs to see how far your team could get mm. and you could post your time you could put up a video of it showing your game and then they would have a leaderboard that they could do in the discord talking about using these orcs and how the orcs could stream in and do some things so there's like a whole horde mode that 2c yeah. gaming put together which was interesting because we you know we'd heard some gossip about 2c gaming and stuff yeah there. and i'm just like well, they're still doing stuff. Matt was talking about they did a great job on this, and we'll see what they are. We're we're still waiting on a few books to come out. We we were talking like we didn't have uh, the the web DM book yet, and um, I did see some updates over the last couple of days. Yeah, so I feel it was funny. We were all talking about room. where's the yeah. Venture Maiden book and where's the web DM yeah. book because it's been it's not been like a long time, but through Two C Gaming's track record, it kind yeah. of should have been done by now. I thought. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, and then through the grapevine, it was like, oh, well, I don't know if it's going to. And then literally, I think the next day I got email updates that were like, hey, we're just waiting on a few pieces of art. And, you know, and yeah. we got to get the printers ready and things like that. And I was like, oh, OK, so I don't know. They're moving forward. So but I like the idea of a horde mode like a, a, I always wanted like a zombie mode. I, tried well, I was to just run thinking in a doing campaign. that with a zombie would be kind of cool. Yeah. And, and yeah. have the adventure be you need to get from, you know, base A to base B. Mm -hmm. There's not an option You'll to never kill all the kill zombies. All of them. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you yeah. have to just figure out what's the, the best way to get through there. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So I like that idea. And I think they're like minion based just to show you how minions can work where I think they just have, they hit normally, but they have one hit point. So if you're just doing cool stuff, you feel strong yeah. and you feel super, but they're minions and they're endless and they're going to keep coming. So it's not just, we'll kill them all. You know, <laughs> it was like, you have to focus on your objectives. You have to get there and find ways to, to complete your objectives quickly while being surrounded and trying to be drugged down by, you know, these, this horde. So I thought that was kind of cool. And um, I'm excited for it. It shows that they've been working on it. They, I've always liked the design philosophy they go through. I like how they, he talks about, they sit around a table and they talk about, well, what's unique about this creature? What are we going to do with this creature that's different, that we're not just rehashing what other people have done? Mm -hmm. What what would make it an interesting thing? Is What's the thing behind it that could get people excited to want them to be in their campaign? I like that idea. I like that. I, I love the idea of that type of meeting when you're talking about creating monsters or creatures that you're going to add to a, a role-playing game. That sounds like a really fun meeting to me. Like, please, I want to do those meetings all day long. Yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of meeting I want. Uh, yeah, 100%. And uh, also something that we didn't talk about with MCDM is that uh, there was another update that um, not King is it Kingdoms and Warfare? Is that the first one? Strongholds and Followers was the first one. Strongholds and Followers. First so King, one, the book, one. the physical book of Kingdom and Warfare should be done soonish. Um, I got the message about their printing mistake that they had mm -hmm. and they were like, oh, like we can't really, I mean, we could reprint all of them, but like, here's, here's what it's going to cost. And here's all of this. So one of the fixes or one of the options was to get um, a sticker, which I guess is something that they do a lot in the publishing world. Cause it's, it's such a waste of resources to print an entire yeah. book. And there's like one thing it. wrong on one page, you know? So they have these really nice glossy stickers that kind of seamlessly fall in. You'll still be able to tell that it's there because it's extra material or something, but that's what I opted for. And so I'm excited to get my book with my mm -hmm. corrected sticker and I'll move <laughs> forward with that. Um, Cause I, I just want the book at this point. I'm like, I don't need yeah. it to be some fancy collector's edition yeah. thing, I guess. I just, it I don't, and we have thing. the PDF, but I like using those rules. I like having books. So Exactly, yeah. And one last thing I like about what they're doing with theirs, you just kind of nailed it on the head. Not only are you getting a physical book, we talked about this at Gen Con, but you get the PDF. You get the PDF early. You get to play test the options as they're going. So yeah. this is a Kickstarter where you're involved 
one or two months into you signing up, you already have some of the stuff that's going to show up in the book. You already have access to things, even if they might slightly be refined. You have It's not like you're waiting a year and then it finally shows up on your doorstep and you finally can dig into it like it's a Christmas present. Like you're getting stuff all through the process, which I really liked. And then like me and you were talking about at Gen Con walking around, we were asking some of the vendors, hey, you got a really cool... 5e edition campaign world here yeah but do i get a pdf at the same time i buy this book and it was it was crazy how many were like no you don't get a pdf yeah. and the book you know you're like i launch your book and i want to be able to flip through it but i also need a pdf for when i'm actually playing and sitting at the table or I'm i need a pdf for when i'm at work and i can't yeah. have the book available come on I'm just surprised you know? <laughs> so, so I no hope... i yeah that was weird um you know i went back to the indie Mm -hmm. rpg thing and i ended up buying a book for my wife uh and they they handed me a card they were like here take this and then email Mm -hmm. us your square uh receipt and we'll email you the pdf and i was like that's awesome and like you know they're small enough that they can do that but yeah that that ether world looked really cool Mm -hmm. and they were like yeah no pdfs and i was like that's Mm. a that's a hard sell for me i mean i don't know if you can pull a wizards of the coast and be like no pdfs kind of a thing so or there is a pdf but i have to buy the book twice and that's always makes me sad too so um horde mode uh the kineticist what is this oh what's our pathfinder oh pathfinder update it's a podcast within a podcast (laughs) welcome to pathfinder yeah so paizo put out a really cool thing um they are ready to start their play testing of their new class, the Kineticist. And they put it out on Twitter. So you can go to the website that they had set up and you can download the rules for it and you can partake in the play test and give feedback. And I thought it was a cool, um, a lot of people were excited about this this class. A lot of people liked it from Pathfinder first edition. And it sounds like now that's coming into second edition, a lot of people were, were really excited about it. So I thought this was a cool thing. I went through uh, the Paizo booth while we were at Gen Con, which was really cool. I did get to see the three foot tall um, goblin that you can order from their website, and he does look kind of cool. Oh, that's you cool. Have the big three foot goblin there. They had lots of um, stuff that you could buy for all of their editions. They were still selling plenty of first edition stuff. There, plenty of Starfinder stuff. Plenty of you know, uh, Pathfinder second edition. Yeah, Paizo has a huge they were there. area, so. Yeah, plenty yeah. of merchandise. So if you're into the whole Paizo Pathfinder um, ecosystem, there's a lot for you to go and buy and purchase or or have to choose from for your games. There is no shortage of yeah. options yeah. for that game. It is nicely supported. If you supported want to spend money, fully, you can spend money. Fully so. moving on. Yeah, WizKids is building all their models. There's lots of other people that are partnered with them to bring... You know, they were talking about um, ships for their Starfinder, which was convenient because we knew we have ships for um, Spelljammer coming out. So that could be interesting using space maps that were the similar. Yeah, you know, they so already have a, a couple of ships stuff you could because do. when WizKids was still sending me minis, I got a bundle of like Starfinder ship stuff. And I was like, what? And yeah, I have like a cool kind mm-hmm. of like a uh, uh, shellfish looking one and then a bunch of like mm-hmm. mechanical ships. But um, yeah. Yeah, so very cool. And it makes me want to play that like more and more and more. Just like every time I'm reading my Pathfinder book um, in the rules and the second edition ones, I want to do more. Yeah. Dark Archive is out. They announced more books that are coming out. They've got lots of adventure strings coming out. So it's it's an exciting time for Paizo. As much as we're a Dungeons & Dragons show, there's a big community out there for the Paizo stuff, and I'm glad I'm kind of diving and dipping my toes into yeah. it and looking at it. There's a no, lot of good stuff in it. It's funny because I think, well, D&D, like, dominates the market, but the the longer I've been into RPGs, the more I'm really enjoying. I'll say this, like, Wizards is not infallible. And so a lot of times you look at, like, Paizo, and you're just like, well, you have, like, a tenth of the market share of RPGs compared to Wizards, uh, but, like, you're really making some of the better quality stuff you know (laughs) like and a lot of these kickstarters like these kickstarters that come out which will segue into Mm -hmm. uh, us talking about plangia here is like it's the most polished awesome looking thing and and, like that ether book was really good or etheria i forget the name of it but it was one of those like holy cow this is a whole beautiful world and you could run this really with any system but like they're leaning towards 5e because they want you to Mm -hmm. you know that's what everybody plays 
Um, and I, I, I'm a firm believer that we need to hold wizards to the same standard that we're holding <laughs> to all of these other people because, you know, with wizards, a new book comes out and you're like, okay, like you're not reinventing the wheel. Um, it's fun. And then because it's integrated into D&D Beyond, you start using some of the magic items or the races or something. But then I think about mm -hmm. a lot of the Kickstarters that I've done. It's like, well, really, we should be running this. Like, this is way mm -hmm. cooler. And yeah, um, so more new stuff is coming from other areas where I feel like Wizards of the Coast is refining or putting out stuff that was already familiar. Mm. So you want it and it's nice to have it but I don't feel like they're breaking new ground anywhere. Where if you open that that Book of the Dead from the Pathfinder one I bought, yeah. like I'd turn to a page and see a whole new concept I hadn't even thought of working with Undead in some way. I was like, oh, why have I never even tried this in one of my campaigns? This is so cool. Never even popped up all the games I played in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. You know, So there are people out there pushing those boundaries, pushing the edges. What new thing can we do? What... What can we do from what we normally did? I really thought Wizards, if there was my biggest complaint, not that it's a complaint, I love them, but I've always felt like they've stuck to their old stuff a little too much. Like they were, let's bring back in some of the old stuff and not change it too much and not put a lot of brand new, never before seen things out there. Uh, Citadel, uh, the Radiant Citadel I was, was say, the first one. Yeah. Where I was like, okay, finally, something new, something nobody's written about before. We've broken new ground here. But like all the other stuff has been like, well, these were adventures from previous editions and now we've rewritten them. Or these are areas we've explored a lot before and now we've redone it. And these mm -hmm. were dungeons that were popular before and now we've turned those into a big campaign. So, you know, they're, they're just only sprinkled in some but things I, that I were think, new. Like Radiant Citadel was really good because the people were so excited to be able to tell those stories. And I also yeah. think they weren't held back by uh, like, yeah, I'm going to take randomly rhyme of the frost maiden. You have a mm -hmm. bunch of cool people writing this really cool story. And then like the lore holds them back or, or maybe mm -hmm. the lead designers like, well, I don't actually want it to go this way. Um, yeah, you've got to use the 10 towns. You've got something to have, like that, you know, you know and, and constraints can or, be right. constraints can lead to very creative answers, but something like radiant Citadel, like those people came to wizards and they're like, this mm -hmm. is the story I want to tell. And I don't think they had carte blanche to do whatever they wanted, but they were able, I, I think with minimal interference, they were able to craft a really yeah. cool adventure. It felt um, like they had so. more, definitely more room than, than before. So, so like and that. ultimately uh, this kind of is just, this is my advice to everybody just in life, but make the things you want to see in the world. Don't make the things that you want that will sell because if yeah. you're and it's like, I was, I've been doing a lot of YouTube stuff lately. And it's one of those things where people are like, how do I become such a popular YouTuber? Or how do I do this? And it's like, uh, I think this show is a prime example. Like, although we have a lot of fun doing this and we're making the kind of content that we want to see and we want to consume, uh, this show by no means has taken <laughs> off. We have never no. been offered a sponsorship. We have never done any of this, yep. but we continually do it because it's fun and it's yeah. awesome. And we like making it and kind of like Radiant Citadel felt like that, where they're like, we want to do it. And mm -hmm. a lot of these Paizo books, it's just like, I love undead. It's like, okay, you're, you're in charge of the undead book, like make a cool mm -hmm. one. And they do, you know? Yep. So it's really fun. Really cool. Um, Plangia, this is what I wanted to go into. So yeah. speaking of making things just because things are really cool, mm -hmm. uh, we had the creator of Plangia on our show back when the Kickstarter was going on. Uh, he mm -hmm. listens to our show, which is cool. And it's uh, David Somerville, I believe. Um, I should have looked it up beforehand, but yeah. Uh, but he wrote Plangia, which is prehistoric D&D 5e. So mm -hmm. the world of Plangia is like when the, when the universe was so new, the plane mm -hmm. of fire was literally just down the road and mm -hmm. in a volcano. And then it was like, as the planes were separating out the primordial energies and the prime material plane kind of became its own thing. It's a really cool idea. Uh, they finally uh, got the PDF out to people. So the physical book we're still waiting on, but uh, you, mm -hmm. you backed this, right? Or no? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Plangia and plane breaker, all these planes. Well, plane that was the other thing is I, I was <laughs> yeah. getting confused. Cause I'm like, it's yeah. not plane. It's plane. Okay. Yeah. But this is, uh, no. this is by Atlas games. This is not mm -hmm. money cook games, which boy, plane breaker is really good. I still haven't had a chance to really sit down and read through it, but it's on, uh, it's high on the list. I stopped reading mm -hmm. radiant Citadel because of plane or plane breaker. 
Um, yeah. And now I have plans. You had a PDF to go through. I really like this. The art's really good. Like, talk about another professional-looking thing. We'll see when the print mm -hmm. book comes out. But if it's anything like this, like, it looks like a, just a really great, um, like, 5e book. And it helps you mm -hmm. make prehistoric characters. And instantly, when I was reading through this, I was thinking, I want to have my characters get time travel stuck in the past and so you have your modern day characters but they have and you know that would be a fun way of doing it like level five mm -hmm. level eight they get teleported to the past and now it's like this is like when the world was new and they're just like wait what and you have to like survive or go kill the god down the street in order to like yeah. gain your divine power back or something i don't know uh, or even like we could do the core earth thing where you travel to the oh, center of the earth yeah. idea, the hollow earth thing. The you hollow could earth. This could be the center of the earth. earth. You're right. I just think that would be great. So. And it's not just dinosaurs. It's just, it's mm -hmm. the idea that like everything was really close. There, there's a lot of yeah. like raw uh, primordial energies kind of floating around. Uh, mm -hmm. There's new classes in this. There's new things. There's a whole bunch of rules on how to create a tribe and how to like how do you how do you survive as a tribe like there's there's a mm -hmm. reason that these uh dwarves and humans came together to live together because there was safety in numbers you know um i it looks really cool i would love to run i would love to integrate this into another campaign um maybe after reading it i'll be like okay guys we're doing plangia all the time like it's my favorite campaign setting i doubt that'll happen but uh it's still really good like yeah, it's really good. Kind of like that, Starfinder, that, like or not Starfinder, yeah. Spelljammer. Like I don't know if I would run Spelljammer all the time, but I'm definitely going to integrate it into my games here and there. You know, like yeah. up, you start out in Forgotten Realms or something, and then you fly off to the moon by like level seven. This is a similar thing. Where now that you said Hollow Earth, I think this would be great in the center of the Earth. <laughs> yeah, and and I think the key is too. All these books have been so good that we've we've backed and i'm sure there's more out there that we haven't even backed or even newer yeah. out there but when you read through some campaign books they get you excited and they get you to want to you want to play you want to start a campaign you're like i'm reading plan g and i'm like okay i want to do that but then i was reading plane breaker i'm like okay now i want plane breaker to come through like we were doing our tuesday night game to jump ahead a little bit and one person's gonna be gone so uh the dungeon master said Danimal. He said, uh, I'm just going to do an offshoot in Waterdeep that won't really affect the main story, but if you guys are there, we can play it and go on. And he starts it off with the whole town is shaking, and I'm like, is he doing it? Is the plane breaker in the sky? And oh. I was like, but I went outside and it wasn't that. I'm like, oh no, that's because that was on my brain. Like I'd been reading that PDF. I was like, yes, plane breakers here. You know, I was just like, it gets you excited. Or like when I was reading the book of the dead or the dark archive for Paizo stuff, it was mm -hmm. like, you get excited about those things. And now you're like, I want to run this one. I want to run this. I want to run that. Um, it's, there's so many good things. We're getting so much good stuff and have no time to run all of it. That's yeah. the big problem. But I gotta get, I gotta run something. I'm dying to start running something. I keep saying it, I keep not doing it, but I just, the excitement inside me is building and building and building that I wanna run some games again. So I gotta get, I gotta get something together. I gotta find some players that can meet a schedule I can be on and, and just, I wanna run like Plan G. I wanna run a plane break. I wanna go back and I wanna do some Tola stuff. I bought that book in Tola. Yeah was reading through it and my mind was blown by the stuff that monty cook was putting in there it was Tolis crazy is, oh i saw it for sale it but i didn't want to fly home with that book but boy i kind of kind of want that yeah, book yeah. <laughs> uh this was interesting well and so i'm showing some pictures of the pdf of yeah, the plane breaker the pdf yeah. on um on oh, the stream so here good. the cover uh, the dinosaur people are pretty good and the starlings yeah. and stuff a lot of really cool stuff you could use i like that tieflings are called um, what do they call it? Uh, God marked. And so it's not, it's not necessarily like you're evil or something. It's just like, Oh my gosh, you're like, you're very special, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. Well, I'll probably, I might do a, a more in-depth review on the channel when I get a chance, but, uh, that's, that's plane break. Yeah. Just to, just to give you a, a little, and we won't go into it, you know, table of contents, read through here. So welcome to Plangea, Clan Fire and Wilderness, Prehistoric Characters, Kinships, Classes, Backgrounds, Equipment. Then getting into the Game Master part, which they separate nicely for you. So it is a player and a um, uh, GM book. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, 370 pages. Primal yeah. World, 
factions and threats, treasures, gods and monsters, appendices, you know, all kinds of cool stuff. And I saw Atlas Games. They had a booth there, but I didn't see this book. I, yeah, I was I don't looking think around it was at Atlas yeah. Games. I didn't see it. And so. Atlas isn't known for their RPG stuff. So they were definitely mm-hmm. doing a lot of their other, um, like, card and, and board games. But, yeah. Flying but, pterodactyls. Yeah. Jeez. The P is silent. Uh, speaking of wanting to run a new game, um, I have some news to announce to news. the people that might be interested. Uh, the Banana Bunch, the Rod of Seven Parts crew, our last game was December 2020. Um, we are now going to return August 25th on YouTube. Uh, we're going to have most of the crew back. Brenna can't make it, but the rest of them are going to make it. And I, we might replace them with someone else. I'm not sure yet. Um, but I'm going to be running. Uh, I'm going to update. and Kind of like what I did with Rod of Seven Parts. I updated Rod of Seven Parts for 5e, and we kind of ran it, and it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do the Great Modron March. So that is the oh, next one right. that I'm going to do. So Return <laughs> of the Banana Bunch, August 25th. Uh, mark it on your calendars. And then this will be a weekly game till, till whenever. Like, I don't know. We're just going to... I'm just excited to run something again. Like, it's a lot. It's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So... It, and then it was crazy. Plane Breaker, I hope, to incorporate into that. So <laughs> that would be good. We had a lot of discussions while we were at Gen Con, having dinners or just sitting in the hotel about wanting to play games and finding the group that wants to play the game that you want to run. Yeah. And sometimes having the problem of, I want to run something, but the players aren't into it. So yeah. it kind of, it kind of brings you down a little bit and then you're, then maybe you don't run anything and you're like, do I even want to run something yeah. as a second choice? Kind of, we had so many of those conversations and I'm sure there's so many of you out there that are the same. The hurdle always is finding the group that wants to play the game you want to run and then you get the home run you knock it out of the park yeah. and it's you you don't get that or things fall apart or it doesn't work out when it's the GM has a game in mind but the players are kind of doing something else or you know they they're just not everybody's buying into the same thing or you know not everybody's that drow character that they're supposed to be for a drow campaign <laughs> so you know Go talk to Moa. So. We get it. Oh, yeah, we understand. About this we know how deal. tough it is. We also have that problem, even though we have lots of people that normally we could pick from to play with. There's lots of people that have said, hey, I'll play in your games, and, and they have. It's still hard to find that right group for the right game that you want to play at that time. Yeah. So we well, feel you. We if know. you think about it, like, uh, I'm going to use, like, Game of Thrones. Like, if somebody was mm-hmm. like, hey, I want to run a Game of Thrones uh, RPG game, and you're like, okay, like, I'll try it. Like, I've never read the books. I watched the show. Disappointing ending. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't super care about that. And so I would be that apathetic player to somebody who like lives and eats and breathes Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it it happens. And then after like three sessions, you're like, I kind of just want to go back to like uh, the banana bunch. I want to be goofy. <laughs> I don't want to care too much about what's happening. I just want to play games and roll dice kind of a thing. And I think that's the difference between systems and a difference between DMs and content, you know? Like, I loved the Acquisitions Incorporated game that I played in. And I think that was the big click in my head where I'm like, I think I want every game to, not every game, because you want to play different stuff, but like, I love being yeah. silly. I love uh, the idea that you're an underdog kind of like striving for something as opposed mm-hmm. to the big hero that needs save to save the world. Yeah. Like I like well, you got to tell this yeah. story. So we're at Gen Con and you get to play two games at Gen Con. I, I got to play in one of them. So I'm there to experience yeah, one yeah. of the mazes. Yeah. But then the next day you play another game and yeah. you come back and tell me about how fun this game is. And the difference being the game we played, we were all playing mazes and we mostly took it seriously and we were trying to learn the system and learn what yeah. was going on. And it was a pretty straightforward role-playing session. Nothing crazy. It wasn't bad. It wasn't, you know, the best thing in the world. It was right there in the middle of yeah. a normal role-playing session. And I don't think we hours. finished the maze, right? Like we had to leave because of time. 
Yeah, like one yeah. guy left or something, so we sped up at the very end. Oh, that's right. Yeah, kind of we just kind of like made it fast so we could fight the boss and yeah. leave. Yeah. But then, so you get the kind of apathetic, or at least we're not all clicking together. We're just random strangers, which yeah. you're going to get in a Gen Con game anyways. We're random strangers. Then you go and play in a game, and this has been my experience when I ran games, <laughs> hit and miss, is all of a sudden you get in the group that's exactly your humor style yeah. or exactly the game you want to play, and then you don't stop talking about all of the fun that you have have and the jokes and the memes and the stuff you guys are doing the yeah. craziness in it because everybody's kind of gelling you know yeah with, and with you're right that's exactly it i'm now friends with the guy that i did that <laughs> i so i played in mutant crawl classics at gen con and yeah. i could not stop talking about this game because i had so much fun one of the guys mm -hmm. from goodman games ran us ran a mutant crawl classics game for us and we had a an older guy and i don't want to stereotype but kind of the grognard yeah. and he had he had played pathfinder or, yeah pathfinder and he was getting into dcc so he signed mm -hmm. up for this game, but he was very much of the mindset of like, I want to win. And then mm -hmm. the other two people at the table uh, and myself, so the other three of us, we were just like, we have played these games before. We're like, this is hilarious. Uh, it's yeah. so funny. There were a lot of jokes like the computer downloaded information into our minds so we knew how to pilot a submarine and then i was just like i know kung fu and the guy was like i was gonna make that joke and we we're laughing <laughs> yeah. back and forth yeah. um that uh that game tpk'd like everybody died i was the last one alive and i i said hey i've got this laser pistol because i had a, a laser gun i'm like can i can I set it to self-destruct to kind of go out in a blaze of glory? And then I ended up rolling a natural one on my artifact check. And he's like, well, you're kind of like, how do I do that? And you shoot yourself in the head and it's all yeah. over. And I'm like, this was the best ending possible. And even our judge, our DM was a little like, are you guys okay? Like, I'm sorry you TPK'd, but we, I'm gonna remember that for the rest of my life. Like it yeah. was the funniest thing that I've ever done. And and those people yeah. I played with really cool. So you're absolutely yeah. right. Like when you find the right people and it clicks, it's like, this is yeah. the most fun. The but yeah, our mazes was, game was kind of like, okay. It was a normal cool. game. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Most of us bad, weren't playing but, yeah. characters, I think, too. Most of us were just learning the rules, yeah. playing, and, and trying to do what we could. Whereas, it, like, the other ones sounded a lot like people got into their characters. Like, the one thing that you would say, we were at lunch, and you were talking about um, one of the people played a beastkin. Yeah, she was a pig, And she was making lots of Yeah, yeah. And she was making so lots she's just like, Wilbur, stuff. what? And, like, it was she was so <laughs> funny. Like, yeah, so, so just really leaning into what their character is sometimes can be super fun. And and don't get me wrong, I'm one of those people that love tactical games. Like, I, I take my combat serious in Dungeons & Dragons at times. But it is also fun to have the acting cure. It is also yeah. fun to have that stuff. and Or just to find the people that have that right amount of humor that you're wanting. So if you're a serious player, find a serious party and a serious DM. If you're a, you're a fun, whimsical player, find that fun, whimsical DM and that fun, whimsical party. Because I think you're going to have the most fun with that type of group where everybody's finishing their sentences. Each of you are trying to get to the punchline of the joke first. Or that serious group where you can talk about that story about how hard the DM tried to kill you with all this stuff, but you guys pulled it out with great group synergy and, and group stuff. And it was so cool when I shot that arrow and it killed that guy and it was cool, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, there was no fun, funniness in it, but that's when you're with the group that you have a really good synergy with. So um, try to find that. Don't underestimate the idea of finding a game that fits what that play style you like to play. Mm-hmm. Acting is always fun. I love acting so much. <laughs> That's, That's my that favorite. is my humor. So it's just yeah. like I love stuff like that. Yeah. Jerry um, Hopkins and them. Gosh, crack me so good. Up. <laughs> it was so funny. Like the it. the one of the latest uh, Penny Arcade comics is uh, Mike Krahulik talking to his son, and his son's just like, "Man, D and D's really taken off." And he's like, "Yeah, you know why, son?" And it's like, "Oh, Critical Role. Uh, well, yeah, but also, oh, Dimension Twenty. Yeah, but oh, uh, the McElroy brothers in the Adventure Zone. Well, yeah. yeah, but all before all of them, there was something called Ack Inc. That your dad was. It was really funny that it's yeah. just like, oh, you're right. They have all taken off, and Ack Inc. is kind of. Um, I mean, they still own those characters, but like, I think it's just harder to do con games and stuff. So yeah, uh, that's our show because I have to wow. go watch uh, a young, young, young Master Jorfton young run Padawan. around. And uh, we need to we need to do some yard work today. It's very exciting. Um, but anything else before we leave, sir? I know you you probably played that a game. That is it. I'm uh yeah we played our normal game. It was just a side thing. Bought lots of stuff at Will Gen Con. I... If we need filler and some other show, we'll show that stuff off. Yeah. 
big announcements for next week. So I imagine next so. week's show is going to be packed or, full of stuff, uh, too. I did, yeah, lots of stuff next week. I did start watching My Hero Academia because of you, and uh, it's fun. But you bought a couple of games about that, like a card game. So yeah. I'll say this, Lucian. If you do want to make a video of, like, your Gen Con haul, uh, yeah. you can. And we can upload it to the channel and, like, That'd put it sweet. on here. So, yeah. All right. Fun. Cool, 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 cool. Um, I, I was flying, so I didn't buy as many things. But mm -hmm. I got um, a couple of books and then some dice because I always get dice. And uh, for me, it was just a lot of, like, hanging out and playing games and stuff. I did do True Dungeon yeah. for the first time. And that was we really need exciting. that experience. We need to talk time. about that too. So Put that yeah. on the notes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Uh, we will be back next week with a very special Saturday morning D and D show. Until then, take care, everybody.